Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast as we enter this season of Lent. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and each week I deliver messages that I hope will be of value to people of all religious traditions. This week's sermon relates to the distinctly Christian traditions of Ash Wednesday and Lent, but I think that anyone can find something applicable to their lives in those traditions. Around the world during this past week, Christians flocked to churches, fell to their knees, and invited the pastor or priest to smear a cross on their forehead using a mixture of ashes and olive oil. They then paraded around for the rest of the day, displaying that dirty smudge for all to see, with the intention of exposing to the world the soil of sin carried unseen in their hearts. This Ash Wednesday ritual is meant to prepare the believer's heart for the somber Lenten season, which leads up to Easter. Listen to this passage from the Gospel of Matthew, in which Jesus instructs his disciples about pious acts like our Ash Wednesday tradition. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of the people, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the gospel. Now, I know that on the face of it, that passage seems to downright contradict the notion of gathering in public places to make a show of our confession of sinfulness. Many of our Lenten practices, such as fasting, 
giving to the poor, and spending extra time in introspectory prayer seem to fly in the face of Jesus' teaching. Keep in mind, however, Jesus is not condemning these practices, but he's asking us to keep a watchful eye on our motivations for doing them. He doesn't say don't fast, fast, but he's asking if we are fasting for the right reason. He doesn't say don't give to the poor, but he urges us to look at why we're giving and what we may expect in return. I don't think he would tell us that it's wrong to have a cross of ashes drawn upon our heads, but he might question exactly what we're trying to accomplish in the process. It's a matter of our motivations. It's interesting to note that Jesus says several times that if we do these things for the right reason, that God will reward us. Well, even here we have to step with caution with regards to our motivations. We can't be drawn into the trap of acting piously and privately for God's reward as a substitute for human reward. Jesus is simply stating a fact. Prayer, fasting, given, giving, and even acts of piety bring their own rewards. The holy and spiritual rewards of hope, happiness, and eternal life. Not material rewards, not rewards of power. So let's talk about Ash Wednesday and some of these other Lenten practices. Each spring for 30 years, I smeared ashes on the foreheads of hundreds of worshipers on Ash Wednesdays. For your information, I prepared those ashes by burning in an airtight can palm branches saved from the previous Palm Sunday. Burning the palm fronds in an airless environment produced a black charcoal powder rather than the wispy gray ashes that I got if I just tried to burn them. Then I would mix the sooty ash with olive oil to produce the mixture I would use as ink to inscribe crosses on people's foreheads. A little bit of that mixture went a long way. As people came and knelt at the communion rail, I would apply the ash while saying, Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That verse comes from Genesis, where God tells Adam and Eve the consequence of their sin and disobedience. God said, You will eat the bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. For you are dust, and to dust you will return. Ash Wednesday begins Lent with a not-too-subtle reminder of our sinfulness and our uncleanliness before God. It reminds us of our sinful legacy from Adam and Eve. It's not a very cheery story. It reminds thee, though, of a cheery children's song. Did you ever sing this and act it out as a child? We would hold hands and dance around a circle and sing, Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. At the end, of course, we would all fall down laughing. 
I would plop down so hard that if I tried that today, I'd never get up again. It was great, silly fun, and we never stopped to think about what it meant. It was just fun. I know I'm dating myself admitting to singing that song. Turns out that it isn't such a cheery song after all. It originates from the time of the Black Death in the Middle Ages. The ring around the rosy refers to a ring-shaped rash that appeared at the onset of the disease. Since it was thought that the plague was transmitted by bad air, people carried little bouquets of flowers. These bouquets were called posies, whose sweet smell would ward off infection. And there are several versions of the line, Ashes, Ashes. Ashes, Ashes, some people think, mimic the sneezing sound, achoo, achoo, of the sick. It may also have served, like our Ash Wednesday ritual, as a reminder of our mortality. Remember, kids, your ashes, the final happy note that we so enjoyed acting out, we all fall down, means we're all going to die. Well, I made a personal decision this Ash Wednesday. I did not submit myself to the imposition of ashes. If you did, that's absolutely fine. My reasoning is, though, that in the wake of the COVID pandemic and under the clouds of war in Ukraine, I don't think we need any more visible reminders of our mortality and the existence of human, human sin. In fact, in order to maintain our sanity and sense of hope, I think we need a reprieve from some of these dark reminders. And by the way, I don't think I'll be singing Ring Around the Rosie anytime soon either. In the past two years, haven't we all been reminded enough of the fragility of life? I'm still haunted by images of the refrigerated trucks deployed in New York City at the beginning of the pandemic because they were running out of morgue space. I remember reading that there was a wood shortage in India because of the large numbers of funeral pyres that were needed to cremate their dead. And then there were the deaths we mourned among family and friends. If I need any more reminders of mortality... I'll turn on the evening news and be treated to plenty of pictures of soldiers and civilians shot or bombed to bits in Ukraine. Add to all of this that as I age, my body shows new daily signs of wearing out. I get the message. Thank you very much. So no more ashes for me. And not least not this year. So much for ashes, but what about fasting or giving up something for Lent? Many people, to varying degrees of success, give up something pleasurable or extravagant during Lent to express solidarity with those who are not so blessed. Although this is primarily a Roman Catholic tradition, many Protestants also practice some degree of fasting or self-deprivation during the season. Some people use it as a motivation to lose weight for bathing suit season. I have a pretty good idea what Jesus would have to say about that. But that aside, fasting can be an important and legitimate spiritual practice. 
In her article, The Meaning of Lent to This Unchurched Christian, Margaret Rinkle calls fasting into question also. She writes, In the old days, my Lenten resolution almost always meant giving up something whose absence I would feel acutely. Coffee, perhaps, or cussing. In that way, I would be reminded again and again of what this season is for. But the practice of imposed sacrifice feels as alien to me now as anything else from my decades as a practicing Catholic. Haven't we all had enough sacrifice in these last years? Every day I grieve two beloved family members lost during this pandemic. Every day I bear the grief of a burning world. I don't need to give up cussing at Vladimir Putin, too. I can relate. With our newfound awareness of our mortality and sensitivity to the needy, maybe this year is a good time to put a new focus on our Lenten disciplines. Maybe not permanently, but just to give them a try. And the first thing that comes to mind is, in an old-fashioned churchy term, almsgiving, or simply giving to the poor. There are plenty of people in need there are many in our own country who are struggling with underemployment or employment coupled with crippling inflation. The recent influx of refugees from Afghanistan added significantly to the normal flow of immigrants trying to survive in our country. And the war in Ukraine is certainly going to up the need for assistance. Lent is a good time to search out opportunities to give and to help. We can do this through our churches, but there are plenty of benevolent organizations that we can turn to. And by the way, in the spirit of Jesus, giving can always be done quietly and anonymously. The other Lenten practice that we can enhance and should enhance as our prayer life. Each day, as Jesus instructs, we can go into our room, shut our doors, and pray to our Father who is in secret, and our Father who is in secret will reward us. I can think of a lot of things that we need to pray for right now. First on the list is to pray for the people of Ukraine, the people who have already died, and for peace in that region. We can pray for continued advancements in our fight against COVID and in remembrance of those who have died. In the midst of all these tragedies, we can pray for unity within our country to deal with them. So let's start right now. It may not seem like we're doing much by praying, but in it, we trust in the power of prayer. Please pray with me. Gracious God, heavenly creator, and ruler of all that exists, we ask that you cure your people of our cruel and warring ways. Be with the people of Ukraine. Help the wounded and console those who mourn. Protect those who are thrust into this conflict, including those on the front lines. Soften the hearts of Russian leaders 
to end this useless exercise in madness. Help the refugees who are fleeing from their homes and open the hearts of other countries and us to offer them shelter. Continue to empower medical researchers and medical workers on the front line in the battle against COVID. Comfort those who mourn, those who have died of this disease. Help us to recover a sense of safety and security from disease and pandemic. And help us never to lose hope. Gracious God, Heavenly Reconciler, in the midst of all of the problems assaulting us, our nation has become painfully divided. Bring together leaders and politicians with a spirit of cooperation rather than competition. Teach them to heal wounds rather than to try to hurt their opponents. Help all of us to reach out to one another with love and compassion rather than anger and vindictiveness. Hear those things, O Lord, that we pray, and whatever else you see that we need, in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Remember you are God's, and to God you shall return. Peace be with you. <laughs>